Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach your word. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, th- this, this evening I want to deal with the subject of responsibility. Responsibility. And that's what, what I want to talk about. Now, initially in my mind, I, I wanted to deal with this subject uh, especially for just... Guys, like I wanted to have a guys meeting uh, and to deal with it, but I felt that it is something that everybody actually needs. And um, so we're going to look at responsibility. Now, I'd I'd go through the dictionary definition. Uh, The first one, it says, the state or fact of having a duty to deal with something or of having control over someone. Okay, so it says the state or fact of having a duty to deal with something or of having control over someone. For instance, when you say a true leader takes responsibility for their team. So you understand that that's responsibility. That person is, is having to deal with something or have control over someone. The second definition is the state or fact of being accountable Okay, or to be blamed for something, to be accountable or to blame for something. For instance, if you say the group, the group has claimed responsibility for these attacks, that means they are accepting the fact that they are they can be held accountable. Okay, for that. Then um, a third definition would be a moral obligation to behave correctly towards or in respect of something. For instance, if you say uh, individuals have a responsibility to control their behavior, that means they are uh, taking, uh, um, they are being held accountable for their actions. Okay. Now, I like the way the Merriam-Webster dictionary defines it. It says, "Responsibility is the quality or state of being responsible." To be held accountable. Okay? Now, I want you to get something. That every time we talk about the word responsibility, what we are actually looking at is accountability. Somebody uh, agreeing to be accountable for something. Are you following this now? Now, it's very important. Because many people do not assume responsibility. And they just let their lives go on the way it is. They just let things happen. And so they do not assume responsibility for many things in their life. And that's, that's a bit of an issue. Because it is important that people assume responsibility. Now when we talk about people now, it looks like a group of people out there. But then it is important that as an individual, you assume responsibility for your life. I said in our morning service, um, while I was teaching today on what you have is enough, I made a very powerful statement. You cannot plan your life 
on the goodwill of another man. You cannot live your life on the goodwill of another man. That means that no matter how good a person is to you, no matter what good a person promises to you, you have the sole responsibility for charting the course of your life based on whatever God has told you. Are you following what I'm saying now? Now that's very important. That's very important. So, we look at responsibility as accountability. So, when we talk of responsibility, essentially, what we are dealing with is a state of what? Accountability. I am accountable for my actions. I am accountable for my life. And that is very, very important. You need to pay attention to this now. I'm accountable. So, we cannot talk about responsibility without accountability. Now, most times in life, because of the things that happen to us, we want to shift the responsibility of our life. Uh, are you following this now? We want to put the blame on the government. We want to put the blame on our parents. We want to put the blame on society. We want to put the blame on what we do not have. But responsibility means you stand up and you, you, you bear accountability for the happenings in your life. Now, I, I want to read a scripture to you. Uh, let, let, let me write this down now. This is a wisdom quote I wrote down here. I said, you have one life to live and you must approach it from a vantage point of self-responsibility. Come on, are you here? You have what? One life to live. And so, when you approach your life, you must approach your life from a point of self-responsibility. Come on, are you with me? That's very important. Because sometimes we look at our lives and it looks like we have, uh, you know, we have spare ones. That if this one is, if this one is gone, we can do what? We will be able to uh, bring another one. No. My approach to life must be an approach of being deliberate. My approach to life must be an approach of being intentional. Are you following this now? Come on, I say, are you following this now? What that means is because of my intentionality about life, I minimize my mistakes. And I've always told you this, the higher you go in life, the more you must minimize your mistakes. Some mistakes are irrecoverable. Imagine someone plays with all the seasons of their life when they should go to school and then at 70 they listen to a motivational speaker and then I say, it's time. I want to go back. I want to learn to read. I don't have a problem with you. But ask every teacher who is easier to teach. A child who is 5 years old or a 50 year old person who will just listen to a motivational speaker. You know, when people say it's not too late to start, you need to be careful of that statement. It's actually not too late to start, but there's always a proper time for things in your life. So I read a passage of scripture to you and I, I, I particularly like the way the, the New Living Translation puts it. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, it says, it is good, the New Living Translation says, it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. The King James Version says, it is good for a man to bear his yoke when he's young. Ah. Man, I, I heard that scripture when I was in SS2. 
I heard that scripture in SS2. It changed my life. It changed my life. That it's good to bear your yoke when you're young. The New Living Translation says, It is good for a man to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. One of the things that the single period affords you is the fact that you are young. You know, you're young. Some of us stay on our own. There's absolutely, that control is almost not there. You understand? You're on your own. You've got your job. You've got money. For instance, some of us can go to work and they pay us 60000 and we blow it. Nobody's going to come and ask you, what did you do with your salary? Or why are you going to buy a phone? I mean, you can, you can buy a phone of 170000 and I mean, nobody's going to blame you for that. You know, um, I, one of the things that have helped me in life was that I lived my life very intentional. And, and it was very simple. I realized that when you go to the United Nations Charter or the African Union Charter, they talk about youths from the age of 16. Even from the United Nations Charter, you can even pick it up from 15. But from 16, 17, 18, they refer to all that group as youth. Then I realized something when I was doing a bit of NGO. Um, the, a lot of organizations and a lot of openings then, they would say 15-year-old youth, 16-year-old should a- apply. And I figured that, listen, life is universal. You know, while in Nigeria here, at 20, 32, somebody will still be fighting for youth. Check out your PDP and APC youth chairman. They are 60-something. They will tell you they are youth at heart. So I told myself, globally, there is a benchmark. Now, this is what happens. If you live in a developed society, because at the age of 18, your parents can actually literally, I mean, ask you to leave the house. You've got to be responsible for your own self and everything. There'll be no family member coming to beg. You understand? So, you grow with a sense of responsibility. Before you're approaching 18, you already know that, yeah, I can have a driver's license, I can own a car, I can do this. Meanwhile, at 18 here, you are still finding out why you are alive. And so, sometimes, if you do not bench your, 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 your thought pattern against globally accepted standard, you can allow the culture of where you're growing up to keep, make you keep thinking that you are a child, okay, when you're not a child. Then two things happen. Either you grow up with that experience, or you grow up with an experience in this part of the world where you are forced into responsibility without mental training. And so, maybe you get up and... From the age of 12, you have started feeding the family. Now, what happens is that although your actions look like that of an adult, your brain processing power that hasn't, you know, there's no development, there's no reading, there's no vision, there's no goal. You just go out, work, bring the money, you cook food. So you now start acting like a mature person, but your brain is actually reading 12. And so what happens is that you must intentionally sit down with your life, find out what's going on around you, and know the best pathway to achieve your purpose. Because the truth of the matter is that time is counting. Time never waits. So, so Lamentations talk, talks about that there is something called the yoke of discipline at an early age. And that it is good for a man to embrace this yoke when he's early. So there is something about intentionality and discipline that makes a man to be able to fulfill purpose. I like the way the ISV puts it, the International Standard Version. He says, it is good when a young man carries the yoke of his discipline in his youth. So what, what that means uh, actually is that, you know, whether you like it or not, this yoke is going to come. But it is good you carry it when, when you're young. 
It's good you carry it when you're young. If there's anything I can teach you in this life that would make you excel is if you master the art of self-discipline. If you master the art of self-discipline. If you master the art of being able to tell yourself, no, this is not good for me and I'm not going to do it. Yes, this is good for me. I'm going to do it regardless of how I feel. You, there will be no boundaries and no limits to how far you can go in life. Most people are not self-disciplined. They're usually moved by their emotions. They're usually moved by their feelings. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And um, we're going to read verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9. It says... Um, rejoice, young man, during your childhood. <laughs> Let your heart be pleasant during the days of young manhood. You know, like I said, I was actually preparing these messages for guys. And follow the impulses of your heart. Follow whatever your heart wants. You want to groove? Groove. And the desires of your eyes. What is it trying to tell us here? That when you are a young man, Two things will be predominant in your life. The impulses of your heart and the desires of your, of your eyes. And so it, it, it comes to the point that you have to put a control on these things. You have to put a discipline on these things. Look at this. He now says, Yet know that God will bring you into judgment for all these things. What is he trying to say? He says, listen... You cannot control, I cannot control the things you want to do. But understand that you have to be responsible for everything you do. He says, if you follow the impulses of your heart, if you follow the desires of your eyes, he says, follow, go, you can go ahead. But the Lord will bring you judgment for all these things. That means you're accountable for these actions. But it describes to us the state of a young person. The desires of our eyes. And the impulses of our heart. That means that at this stage of our lives, we must train our eyes. If not, our eyes will want the things that will not be helpful to us. Are you following this now? Come on, are you following this now? You know, for instance, a basic agricultural investment with any, some of these agri-companies, okay? It's maybe like 95000 or 96000 And if you do that... Maybe six months, seven months, eight months, you get about 20% or 30% or 35%. Right? But you know that if you do that, nobody knows you're doing that. It's not obvious to anybody. It won't give you likes on Facebook if you don't talk about it. But you know if you carry that money and go and buy a good phone, what, what do you think will happen anywhere you put the phone? I mean, you can actually sit on a seat and make sure the phone is seated close by you so that people will know that it's your phone. You know, and, and, and that's what trips us. That's what excites us. That's what excites us. He says, but listen, these things, you have to be accountable for them. And, and I'm not saying that people should not, in quote, enjoy life, or people should not have the good things of life. But there are seasons, and there are times. You, you, you see, always have that at the back of your mind. Is this the time for this right now? Is this the right season for this right now? Now, it goes on to say, 
So remove grief and anger from your heart and put away pain for your, from, from your body. Because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. He says childhood is fleeting. You look at your life right now. And look back. When were you a child? Yeah? Look back. When were you a child? You know, a, a couple of days ago, uh, my son said something in the parlor. Myself and my wife were in the room. And he said something. And, you know, we just turned to each other and said, who is that? We're like, ah. When I say, hey, now we are coming to the point where we are going to have teenagers in, in our house. And it's like, when did we get married? When did we talk about marriage? When did we, you know, you realize that it's just like this. It's a prime. The prime of life is fleeting. It's going this way. <laughs> are you following this? And, and I mean, we sit here all the time and it looks like, yeah, when I find Mr. Rice, when I find Mrs. Rice, oh my God, ooh, Father, I will kill them. That will make them alive. And before you know you're married, the next concern of life comes, your children. The next concern of life comes, how will they go to school? The next concern of life comes, I hope they make the right choice. Are, are you following this? This thing called life is fleeting. It looks long, but it's fleeting. You remember how we were all placed on lockdown and we looked like, man, ah, this thing. By December, everybody would have forgotten that we had something called virus. I mean, we just, we just go away. And 2020 is gone. Are you following this? Come and talk to me now. Are you following this now? So you realize, he said the prime of life is fleeting. That, this age where it's exciting, where it looks like, yeah, we have the full life ahead of us. He says this time is fleeting. And so what do we do with this time? We've got to put ourselves on the discipline so we can maximize it. We have got to put ourselves on the that. Absolute discipline so that when we come to this other side of life, we realize, and, and myself and my friends, we used to tell ourselves, we are even late to the party. You know, there are certain people who had certain things in place for them. They had all the things. Some of us, there was no infrastructure. You know, it's like you want to go on a stage. And then some people were giving birth to the stage was already prepared for them. All they have to do was to climb. And you know, for some of you, you have to go to the fire, to the bush to even bring fire to build your own stage. Only to get there and realize that your father had no land. So you have to first of all find where you can get free wood to build. You cannot be, you cannot be at the same, um, you cannot have the same passion for life, the same discipline with those people. Because your journey is father. Your journey is father. Are you following this now? Come on, I said, are you following this now? For instance, you, you get into a level of breakthrough and you realize there's a whole line of family behind you to take care of. It will shape your choices. It will shape your choices. Or some of us got, got uh, you know, you, 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 you had dreams and those dreams were knocked down and now God is giving you another opportunity. You cannot live like when you were living when there was no dream. Because see, the success of your life is connected to giving other people in this life opportunities for them to succeed. The failure of your life also might also make some people lose hope. You know, there are some people who look at you now and feel like, if you can make it, I can make it. And some people look at you and say, if that guy cannot make it, forget it, we are gone. That's the truth. Whether you like it or not, you are a model to someone, either positive or negative. Someone is looking up to you. They might not tell you, but someone is looking up to you. The young child in your compound. Hmm? Somebody somewhere. You are inspiration to many people. 
It might not look like it. Now, if you compare Numbers chapter 15 verse 39, uh, God was speaking to them in Numbers 15 39, and He says, This will serve as your tassels for you to look at it, so that you may remember the commandments of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourself by following your own heart and your own eyes. What he was saying is that I want you to create the commandment like a tassel. He says, put, put these things in front of you. That every time you see them, you remember. You remember the commandments of God. It's like saying, put a vision ahead of you. So that you will not constantly be following your eyes or whatever your ears want. No, I want you to keep something in front of you that would become the marker for your discipline. When you keep your vision statement. Hmm? For some of you, you need to cut pictures of your vision statement and put them in your room. Bring down the picture of that girl first. Replace it with a vision. So I have girls, 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 girls. Which one? That's my ex, my former ex, the sister ex, the ex of the... Which of the ex? I say, no, that first ex. If you look at the second ex, then this ex is the... Come on, We're not solving algebra here. I mean, let me make your house look like a house of a ritual killer with many, many people's pictures. Put the vision ahead of you. Let that vision discipline you. I don't do that so much now because it's almost like in my subconscious. If you look at every Bible I've heard, every Bible I've had, I've got pictures of ministers, pictures of crowds, pictures of churches, vision. You go to my room, you see pictures everywhere. I always have pictures in front of me. Because every time I see those pictures, it tells me that there is a discipline I need to put in my life. I've always got pictures all around me. Right now, they are so tattooed in my brain, I don't need them physical. And I literally have to be stopped from working or from disciplining myself or from reading. You have to stop me because by default, over the years, I've got those pictures. Are you following what I'm saying now? So he says, keep this thing in front of you so that it will discipline your eyes. So you know they have a vision that keeps your eyes from looking everywhere. Now let's go back to um, Ecclesiastes chapter 11. It says, verse 12, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1 now. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near. When you would say, I have no delight in them. He says a time will come in your life. All these things you're running after. You would say what? I have no delight. Like, yeah, I don't want this anymore. I mean, life is amazing, right? Like, at the stage of your life, this is what you want. And then at another stage of your life, you say, I don't want anymore. Only Christ brings stability. I realize that. I mean, I realize that. Only Christ brings stability. You know, there are times in my life where, you know, the Lord spoke to me about going to the nations and you are preaching the nations and all of that. I mean, there are times in my life where, wow, except for this year, I mean, there are times when I, mean, I need to travel. I'm like, wow, I need to travel again. You know, and there were, there were days where, oh man, I would literally do anything just to travel. We literally do anything just to travel. But you see, you realize something in life that by the time that vision, if, if, there's, something, if, if there's something in that vision that is not stronger than just the fulfillment of that thing, you realize that you have no pleasure in it. So, Solomon, I know Solomon is telling you about this thing. Solomon knows how to groove life. This man had a thousand wives. He planted vineyards. In fact, Solomon said, nothing I wanted was restrained from me. 
The man, you know, Solomon is a funny man. He took time to build the house of God. Made sure it was okay. Dedicated the house of God. The man took years to build his own house. Just took time. He had everything. He had everything. But you realize how he ended up. He ended up not with the wisdom of God. So, responsibility means that you place the marker of your vision ahead of you. You place the marker of your vision. I'll give you a couple of quotes. A quote by Sir Walter Scott. He says, teach self-denial and make it make its practice pleasure. That means the practice of self-denial pleasure and you can create for the world a destiny more sublime than ever issued from the brain of the wildest dreamer. What is he saying? He said, train yourself so that self-denial and discipline will become a pleasure. It's like people who struggle to read, right? It's like people who struggle to read. After a while, if you really discipline yourself, you will enjoy reading. That means you have trained yourself for that thing to bring pleasure. There's nothing like assuming responsibility for how your life is going. And I'm going to give you 10 areas to assume responsibility. This is just introduction. Josiah Stam said, it is easy to dodge our responsibilities. I like this. But we cannot dodge the consequences of dodging our responsibilities. You see? It's easy to dodge our responsibilities. We can dodge them, but we cannot dodge the consequences of dodging those responsibilities. Let me explain it to you. It's easy to jump out of school, for instance. You just jump out of the window. You don't want to learn. Huh? Then, you now grow up. They now say you should go to the bank and withdraw money. You now realize that now you cannot dodge the fact that you don't know how to fill teller. Do, do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? You know that you can't, they now have to now, somebody has to fill teller for you. They can fill their bank account. Then you now deposit the money into it. <laughs> you, so you realize that what he's trying to say is this. I'm going to talk about that in, a, in service on Sunday. We're talking about choices. You can make any choice you want, but you can't determine the, choice, the consequences of your choices. Those ones will determine what you become. Hmm? Can determine to do anything? In fact, nowadays, I'm not counseling people so much again because sometimes when you're counseling people, it's like you want more for their life, more than they want. So now when you start, say, wow, oh, wow, wow, I mean, we just all be doing wow. Yeah, because sometimes you're counseling people and it looks like you're too harsh, you're too tough, you're too, ah, can't we just enjoy? No problem, enjoy. There's <laughs> no problem. You realize this, let me say this to you. You realize that even as a nation, hmm, Sorry, my wife, the other day. As a nation, forget the fact that God has blessed some of us and we don't feel the impact of certain things that people are feeling. Do you realize in this country, people literally are earning maybe 20000 as their monthly salary? And that cannot, if you go to the market, it cannot literally buy what you... And that's the nation where you, you want to just relax. You know, some of us live like we are there. We have arrived. We, we are there. No. We're not there yet. We're not as, in that sense, secured as we think we are. Because sometimes you realize, and I say this from, from a plain circle now, not from the subject, from the area of faith. You realize that if some of us... If, if they stop our job today or they stop our source of income today, if you give us three months, we are back to where, I mean, we're just back to square one. You realize that? Because there's no assets, there's nothing. These are the things you should be thinking about. 
If they just say, oh, you can't work anymore, and they give you three months, you realize that you can't sustain anything in your life anymore. You can't sustain, there's not, you can't sustain nothing. Because there's nothing actually, there's really nothing. It's just an appearance of something, but there's nothing. And so you must always have this consciousness that you have not arrived. You must not loosen your concentration. You must not loosen the things that have taken you to where you are. You must not loosen those disciplines because one of the challenges we have to deal with is as you grow, as you increase, as the Lord blesses you, as things begin to get better for you, you must maintain responsibility. Praise the name of the Lord. When there I said, all blame is a waste of time. No matter how much fault you find with another, it will not change you. Blame your mother as much as you want. Blame your father as much as you want. You know what will happen? It will only deepen the hurt on your heart. It won't change you. They might not have acted right. The society might not have acted right. Your school might not have acted right. Things around you might not have acted right. But you see, blaming anybody as much as you want doesn't change you. You have to say, listen, they did what they can. Right now, I'm going to be in charge. And I'm going to take the narrative from here. Are you still here? Come and talk to me. Are you still here? So blaming others will not change you. Blaming others is not a sign of responsibility. I mean, we're not justifying whatever anybody did to you, but is that going to be what will run your life? Is the engine of your life going to run on the train tracks of what your father, your mother, your brother, your uncle did to you? Or you're going to assume responsibility and change the train tracks is running. Glory to God. Now look at this. Michael Calder said, Success on, a, on any major scale requires you to accept responsibility in the final analysis. The one quality that all successful people have is the ability to take on responsibility. That's what we're talking about tonight. Taking on responsibility for your life. Where, why am I where I am now? Why am I here? Why am I on the spot? Why are things the way they are right now? And you assume responsibility. Don't just blame the government. Don't just blame the society. Don't blame your friend. Don't blame anybody. You assume responsibility. (laughs) You assume responsibility. And you have that approach to life. If nobody was supporting you, how would you do? If nobody was there for you, how would you run? And I, I really want to say... Uh, I really want to say this to, 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 to my brothers, especially those of us who are going into relationships. And, and for ladies, you've got to watch this. You must not go with a man who is always pushing the blames. Because there's something very sad in our society that we, unfortunately, were growing up with. And, and it's almost, because, you know, it's almost like right now when you talk about men, you're talking about cheating, and then men are trying to justify it. You know, and you see marriages have been broken. You would make a commitment to, to a lady, get the lady pregnant, get married to the lady. Ten years down the line, you're putting one kind of funny story, driving the lady out. And when you have a conversation, men are not assuming responsibility for marriages. And it is sad. Go through our communities. You will see women walking and men drinking. You see women walking and men just doing what they want to do. Because we've almost developed a narrative that the, 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 the strength of sustaining a marriage is the woman. And I find it very funny. Even in churches, sometimes it's, it's taught that way. 
A woman must fight for the marriage. As a woman, fight for your marriage. What should the man be doing while the woman is fighting? Did you marry her to become a fighter? I mean, we, we, just, we just somehow teach irresponsibility in the name of wisdom and counsel. And, and, and my wife knows, when, when I'm talking to couples who are married, I hardly address the, the women I have their issues. But, come on, a man should take responsibility. If your marriage is failing, assume responsibility. I mean, the woman might have her fault, everything, but essentially you cannot be man just for sex and then marriage is failing, then you are not saying it's the woman. No. That's irresponsible. And that's why sometimes even as men, like I said before, this meeting was designed for men and it's good, so I just pour everything in my heart. That's why as men sometimes, you should not be having too many people you have a relationship with. Sometimes it's, it's a sign of unseriousness. And Ecclesiastes chapter 11 is a sign of following everything your eyes see. Hmm? 100 level, you're in a relationship. 200, another relationship. 300, as you change levels, you change. You are, what, what, what is wrong with you? Hmm? You date this one, date that one, date this one. I don't know when relationship became a badge in our rank. It, it annoys me. Really, it annoys me. As a, as a man, you've got your vision. You know when you want to get married. You know the kind of person you can be able to get married to. You don't have to try out women like you're trying second-hand clothes. I'm just trying if this will work. I'm just trying if this is work. You don't know what will work. And some of you open yourself for trial. And then you, know, you, you, you wonder why your emotional life is not stable. It can't be stable because your heart is everywhere. You're falling in love with this one, half in love with this one, deadly in love with this one. So at night when you sleep, all the emotions of this one, that one, that one, they are all in your heart. You now start crying. Every night you are crying. Your, your mates are building apps. You are crying. Your mates are building websites. You are just crying. You are crying. You are crying. They say, what is it? You can't explain because it doesn't make sense. You see, the first thing in life is to know what you want. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, and I, 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 I say this, it's, it's, it's been my... It's, I mean, maybe God helped me early. Probably that's why I'm sharing these messages with you. I didn't get into many, many relationships. I, I knew there were markers. They were very key markers. Very key markers. There was a lady that I kind of liked and I wanted to marry her. And I mean, it was just a thought in my heart. And one day we sat talking. When this woman talked about her man, she wants to build her career, this thing. That, you see, that discussion just told me this is not the one. Because I knew I was going to be a pastor. I knew I was going to travel. I knew I was going to work, I mean, pour my life into ministry. So... The one person I could marry was the person who had the heart to sacrifice that aspect of her heart to just support me. It was a clear marker. Because, of course, I was going to be doing what I'm doing. I didn't want a place where I'm, I'm traveling today, then my wife is going to present CBN paper in Enugu, and then it's only nanny with the children. It, it's not a picture of family that I have. So, the first thing was somebody who was willing to pay that price. And so, when that conversation, she was not a bad girl, but the conversation was, listen, if I'm getting married to you, your career is going to be part of the house. And that was it. And when I talked to Sister Mary, who is my wife now, I mean, her own was just house. 
house. You see, if I take care of you and the children, I am fine. If, early stages of marriage, I, I mean, we almost correct. I was not asking, so what is your purpose? What? Yeah, because it was not me that was not saying, okay, get vision now. Do you understand? You know, like, <laughs> it's just you and the children. Uh, okay, remove us. So, but you realize that you, so there are markers. If this is not issue of bad girl or good girl, it's an issue of does this fit the framework of the life? And listen to me, I was willing to wait forever. And even if I didn't get married, I was, because I realized this thing. You see, you can hurriedly get into marriage, it doesn't mean that you would have peace of mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And one of the things you should be checking for is if I go... Uh, that's why it's called life partner. Because that's what it's essentially supposed to be. Am I right? It's supposed to be a partner for what? For life. So you ask yourself that question. And again, there are guys who say, listen, I can't marry a woman who is not doing anything in that sense. Do, do you get... I remember having a conversation with one of my friends. I said, what does your wife do? I said, oh, she, she, she just helps out and support in the house and everything. He said, ah, no, now she should be looking for something to do. So I just sat him down and analyzed for him. Number one, if I had a nanny now cooking for the children, what would the nanny tell her children when she's leaving the house? I'm going to where? Come on, talk to me now. I'm going to work, right? Come on, am I right? I'm going to work. Okay. If I had a cook who was cooking for us, what would the cook tell his family? Going to work. If I had a lesson teacher helping to check the children's notes, what would the lesson teacher tell his family? Talk to me. What would the lesson teacher say? Going to work. Eh? If I had somebody cleaning the house, what would the person say is going to? So why do you think if my wife is cooking, doing all of these things, she's not working? Why do you think she's not working? I mean, we've just said something simple now. Why do you think she's not working? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Because if, 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 when you go to some people's house, don't you see how mature people go and cook and take care? So, in your set, you, you know, the, 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 I don't want to say something now, but there's something in your brain that will not be telling you that my wife is not working, right? Then, I will go to work, I will earn a hundred thousand, I will now divide that money, twenty, twenty, twenty thousand, to now pay four people to come and do that work. Then, in your mind, I'm a big man. Do you understand how we think? What am I trying to say? Your vision determines what works for you. So what works for your friend might not work for you. And there are guys who like their wives to be everywhere. To them, that's the... So what am I saying? Relationship primarily, listen carefully, don't miss this, should fit your vision. Are you following that now? It should fit your vision. So it's, this is not a question of is the girl good or is it bad? We're talking about does this fit my vision? Now, when you have now realized that I have made this choice, you now have to do what? Bear responsibility. So let me give you an example. For instance, I shouldn't now expect my wife to be begging me for certain things. Because if a woman, for instance, have sacrificed that aspect and say, fine, I'm going to be home, I'm going to raise the children, I'm going to support you, I'm going to take care of you, then the least that is expected of me is what? Whatever she needs, if even if she were working, I should be able to do what? To provide for her. Do you see where responsibility comes? So, when I now come, when I, when I get into something, I assume responsibility for that decision. 
So, I can't expect to say, let my wife live this way, and then she will still need to be begging me money to recharge her phone. No, 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 no. Hmm. So, you realize this, because if she were working, she would be able to do all that herself. So, if she's not in that sense, then whatever I'm working and I'm bringing home, I should be able to accord her whatever she deserves. That's what responsibility means. So, when you take a decision responsibilities come with that decision. Are you following this now? Come on, talk to me. Are you following this now? Alright. So, you must take responsibility. You cannot change the circumstances, the seasons or the wind, but you can check yourself. That is something you have charge of. You can change yourself. You only have charge over yourself. Okay? Last quote, and then I'll talk to you. John C. Maxi, I like this one. The greatest day in your life and mine is when we take total responsibility for our attitudes. That's the day we truly grow up. The day we take responsibility for our attitude. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I imagine I'm talking to people, young couples or people going in a relationship, they want to get married or adults, and they're like, you know, we, we've, been, we've been quarreling for the past two days, uh, one week, we have not talked to each other. Are you people serious? How do you manage that? I see that men are growing in this thing called malice. See, I've been calling him. He's not picking. And you are a man. I've been trained, mastered in the art of, of silent treatment. <laughs> you know, sometimes eh, people think... I, I, I don't know how to put it, but you realize that as we grow in society, certain habits become normal. Things that we should not normalize. One of the first things that is expected of an adult if there is a problem is to be able to have a conversation to sort it out. That's the first thing. When, when I was going out with my wife, that was one of the first markers I laid. I don't go to bed with offense in my heart. I don't try it. Because you can die. You understand? You will just be boiling in the night. You will be turning. I like peace of mind. So it does not matter what is. We will talk about it. I don't feel like talking. You will talk. You will feel like it. We will sort it out. Because the thing is with me, if I go to bed, it means I forgot. And that is it. Tomorrow is gone. His messages are new every day. So is my mind. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Life is tough. Don't make it. I don't know how to share this message with you. Don't make it harder on yourself. You, you, I mean, we need as much favor as we can. We need, as much, we need everything we can to give us an advantage. We are even saying we are late to the party. And then you now carry the burden of malice weekly, every week. You are, people are always quarreling. If you are not quarreling that they didn't pick, you are quarreling that they didn't send sugar cane to you. All kinds of things. And then you expect to be creative. You know, creativity and anger does not go together. There's, there's, a, there's a dimension of joy and happiness that is required for creativity. So, ten areas where you need to assume responsibility. Number one, number one, your spiritual life. Number one, your what? Spiritual life. 
In 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2, it says, Desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. 1 Peter 2 2. Desire the sincere milk of the word as newborn babes that you might grow thereby. Who, who has to do the desire? You. You have to desire to know God's word. You have to desire to study God's word. So you have to assume responsibility for what? For your spiritual life. Nobody will set you on fire. You have to set yourself on fire by the word of God. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Not sparsely, richly. Colossians 3.16 So you have to set, you, you know, you have to tell yourself, assume responsibility for your spiritual growth. Get messages. Soak yourself in messages. You know, sometimes, and I still do that tomorrow, sometimes I want to pray and I'll put a Brother Hagin message, maybe a Holy Ghost camp meeting, one hour, 15 minutes. I'll just put it to play from the beginning. It will just be playing and I'll pray. I will end my prayers when that message ends. You have to. You have to have that desire to grow in the things of the Spirit. See, you cannot grow in the things of the Spirit if you do not have that desire. When, we still, when there were still cassette tapes, I would listen to tapes. You have to set time to listen to messages. Even these things I'm teaching, get a hold of the message. Put your phone on flight mode. Sit down and listen to it again and again. That's how you grow in wisdom. Set our time to pray. Hmm? Set our time to pray. Set our time to study the word of God. You have to assume responsibility for your spiritual life. No matter how fantastic your pastor is, your growth is still your personal growth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those are, ah, my pastor can teach, my pastor can teach. I'm not your ID card to escape spiritual growth. It's not whether I can teach. You also can, should learn. You should be able to have your own personal worth, growth. Come on, everybody say personal growth. So you have to have your own personal growth. You have to be maturing personally. It's not just about, oh man, my child, wow, can teach, man, if you hear my pastor, man, if you hear. It's not a boasting game. Paul says, when you ought to be teachers, you have need that someone will teach you. In fact, he called them in Galatia and said, Oh, you foolish Galatians. It means they were not learning. Hmm? So you've got to have a, you have a spiritual timetable to grow. Have you assumed responsibility over your spiritual growth? There are certain things that should not, the more you grow in God, there are certain things that should not be happening to you. Certain sicknesses you should not have. You should be able to cast out certain devils. One of the areas over the years that I've exercised my faith is the area of health. I mean, the area of health. That's one area. Long time. I can have a bit of symptoms here and there, but long time since I was sick and they needed... Uh, even in the area of finances, I need to learn to use my faith to believe God, to receive resources, to do things that God is asking me to do. You have to grow spiritually. Grow your faith. You should come to where you are now teaching others the word of God. Where you are spreading the gospel. Assume responsibility for your spiritual growth. Number two, assume responsibility for your mental life. Your mental life, your mind. First Timothy 4.13. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 13. You must assume responsibility for your mental life. Uh, I think 1 Timothy 4.13 4, 
says give attention to reading. Give attention to reading. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13. Give attention to reading. Hmm? Until I come, give attention to the public reading of scriptures. Do you have books you need to read this month? Your mental life, your mind. Your mind. Hmm? Have to, you have to, you, you know, actually your brain cells can grow. One of the ways your brain cells grows is by learning something. Maybe learning a new language or something like that. But your brain can actually grow. Hmm? <laughs> you know, life is funny. I look at today and, you know, people, there are books everywhere. There are books everywhere. And people cannot read as much as they can. I remember my first mentor, Reverend Tony Atiyah, Blessed Memory. I had to go to his house, I mean, long distance, to borrow books, to read. Just to read and return and read and return. It was, I mean, could not afford books. It was a blessing. Thank God he shared some of his books with us. There was a time I went to one of my friend's house. He had a book. And I told him I wanted to borrow it. He said, ah, he cannot give me the book. It was a small book. Not too big. And I was to leave his house the next day. I stayed awake all night. All night. To finish the book. So I just brought out my journal. I said, okay, but I can read it here. He said, yes, no problem. So, okay, I think the book was his father's book or something. But it was a fairly, fairly not too big in that sense. So I took my daughter and I read, copying quotes, read all through the night. Just to get that book to read. It's important that you grow your mind. It's important that you grow your mind. Don't let your mind be stale. Don't just feed it on news from the social media and all of this and all of that. No. Don't feed it that way. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, all these things are personal choices ultimately. You know, yesterday, I think yesterday or Saturday, right? Yeah, yesterday, you know, <laughs> I, I was going to the room and, uh, and I just told my wife that, ah, man, it's been months. I've not watched television. Like months, literally, I've not sat down. So, we're like, oh, let's just try and watch. So, I, I sat down and I watched one comedy episode. It was like 20 something minutes. By the, time I don't, by the time I was done, it was like my brain was full. It's, it's really, except I deliberately set it up, it's, it's tough for me to just sit in front of the television and do one hour. It's literally tough. After that episode, I was done. It was like, you know, my gigabytes were full, like so much. It was just very simple. See, because literally I retrained my brain. So, the first thing when it, I mean, I'm not saying you should do that, but it just me. The first thing when, I, when my brain hits entertainment is to get filled quickly, like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I remember one time he said we should go for family. Well, sometimes when you're like this, sometimes you look a bit antisocial. So, but I'm not apologetic for it at all, not one. One bit. I like the design like this. I remember one time we went to the movies. They said, ah, we should go to cinema. Ah, watch the movie, cinema. <laughs> so I took all of them to the cinema. You know, as the film was starting, <laughs> I just slept off. When I woke up, they were doing the names. You know, so my son said, ah, we know, we know, we know. You know, sometimes you can reprogram your brain. That's what I want to say. It doesn't matter if you don't like reading right now. Give it time. In fact, psychologists have said over 21 days, you can rewrite your habits. 
And you can try it. You can try it. I literally wake up without the alarm clock. Because my body is set on waking up at certain times. And those times, even if I don't wake up, just wake up 6 o'clock every day for the next 21 days. After the 21st day, once it's 6, what's going to happen? You wake up. It's, you can reprogram your body. So you realize that the way you are now is the way you programmed your body. Hmm? You know, have you seen, I mean, nothing against movies, please, because I've, I've heard a lot of people tell me that it's like, I, I'm against movies. I'm not against movies. Just the easiest example that comes to my brain. You, you know, some people, when they see you reading a book, they look at that, wow, ha! Huh? You can read, sir. Yeah? You know, that's the way we also look at you. When I say, man, you can watch, sir. Yeah? Because just the way this is hard for you, it's the way this is hard. Why? Because we've retrained our mind. What am I, why am I saying this? You have responsibility over your brain. You have to be responsible by what you feed it. If you feed it junk, that's what will come out of your life. Hmm? Sometimes when you go out in the streets, in, you know, you hear a lot of these street languages a lot. What happens? After a while, it comes out. Because that's what you're feeding your brain. So sometimes for you to renew your brain from those street languages, you have to, over time, over time, feed yourself with new information. Your relationships. You have to have responsibility over your relationships. We've talked a lot about this. Proverbs thirteen twenty: He that works with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Is your relationship growing you or are they causing you to decline? Okay? So you must have um, assume responsibility over your relationship. Do you want to nurture them? I actually think that any friendship that is valuable has to be mutual. It's always been my philosophy from day one. And I always say that if you are too busy to keep in touch with me, then we can all get busy. Because life is very simple. Don't make it complex. People find time for what they want to find time for. Relationships. He who works with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You must assume responsibility for your relationships. We've done an extensive teaching on relationships. I don't want to go there. Number four, your health. Your health. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 18 says, uh, exercise profits little. Hmm? Bodily exercise profits what? Little. First Timothy 4 18. First Timothy 4 18. Bodily exercise profits little. But then you can also exercise yourself to godliness. I want to talk about this health thing. It's very important. Then in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. In Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Let's put it there. Put up Mark 6, 31. In Mark chapter 6, verse 31. The scripture says that the disciples of Jesus. Uh, and he said to them, come ye away by yourself to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going. And they did not even have time to eat. I want, to, I, want to, I want to build a bit on this. And I think we'll have time for a bit of questions and answers. I want to build a bit on this. See, you've got to look after your health. I beg you, in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look after your health. Hmm? And you know the reason why. You see, when, when we are this age, you notice know, our age, before you hit your 35 and your 40, your body is young, it's strong, you can take energy, so you can live on coke. Hmm? 
You can live on Fanta. You can live on uh, snacks. But you know what you're doing? You're sowing seeds. And as you begin to grow older, you would reap those seeds. Don't feed your body with junk. Because hmm? this time, you just give me biscuits, give me biscuits and one cook. Give me biscuits and one cook. One week. Because you cannot cook. I do Spaghetti. Don't be eating good food. Because you're young, your body will process those things. But you're actually wearing your body down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The story that changed my life or the story of a young revivalist, I've forgotten his exact name. But he died very early. He died at the age of 25, 26. And he said something. And I give that analogy to everybody that I'm mentoring. He said, God gave me a message and God gave me a horse. I destroyed the horse. Now I cannot carry the message. Hmm? This your body. All the dreams you have in this life is this body you use to fulfill it. If you like, treat it anyhow. Hmm? Just feed yourself with junk. Feed yourself. Just be eating junk. Or don't eat at all like the disciples of Jesus. Let them be your mentors. Don't eat. I'm busy. I'm busy. Don't eat. Hmm? People will just give themselves ulcers. Just by not eating. Just get sickness by indiscipline. And there's something about sickness. Once it starts hitting your body, you really need to use faith. Sometimes it's not the devil. It's just the harvest of a bad lifestyle. I'm very, I'm very cautious. I mean, the Lord is dealing with me on this very strongly for my own life. Because I want to do ministry very long. I'm very cautious. Very, not cautious in terms of selecting, but I'm very cautious right now. When the Lord started dealing with me about this, I, then I, I can drink Coke, I can drink all this. But I can't remember when last I... The thing with me is, don't, once something concerns purpose, don't just tell me that this thing is not good. I don't need another counseling. Most of, as I'm here, you just tell me. I remember I was having issues with, um, I used to like ice water a lot. And then I was preaching somewhere, I was having issues. So, I mean, one of the doctors there just advised, oh, if you speak a lot, it's not good for you. And all that. that was, the desire died. My, to, to, to cancel me is very easy. I don't need reputation. Once you just say, anything that will affect my ministry, affect what God has put in my life, I don't need to, you don't need to cancel me twice. And when I began to really read a little bit about health and all of those things, I mean, I can walk away, walk away from any manner of soft drink in this life. I can walk away from it. I will not feel bad. Every year I make adjustments. I, I remember a couple of years back, there was a time I told myself for the whole year I'll not drink a bottle of Coke or Fanta or anything. And I did that for the whole year. I did I mean, my, my greatest target right now is just to be able to drink enough water because I really don't drink water before. I mean, my wife will serve me food. I'll finish the food and leave the water for her. Sometimes you bring the water to the room and force me. To, you know, but right now I'm, I'm making that adjustment. What I'm trying to say, listen, you've got to pay attention to your body. Please do. All these dreams we're talking about. Hmm? It's your body. There's nothing like having a spouse who is not feeling well. Even your own joy will be affected. You do not want to 
so bad seed into your body. By the time you finally marry, you now give somebody work to be doing. Hmm? And this thing about divine healing is not just confessing the scriptures, but looking after yourself. The other aspect is the aspect of rest. Hmm? Even me in my area, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to develop this because for people like us who are workaholics, this is a big issue. Because even when you are resting, you are strategizing in your brain. So you can see, even if you sleep in a like this, you are writing. So you've got to rest. Hmm? You have to rest. You have to learn to rest. Take out days and rest. Because some of us are young, but we are looking very old. We are stressed out. Learn to some days just sleep and rest. <laughs> you know, something funny happened today. Those of you who came for first service realized I came, I came almost, well, I won't say late actually, but I mean, I came late. You know, I got up this morning. And I got up at 5.25. I got up at 5.25 to pray. I prayed for like 30 minutes. You know, we're getting ready to come. I just told them, you know what? I'm coming to church 8 o'clock today. I want to sleep. I mean, <laughs> you know, I just went back to sleep. Don't do that on Sunday morning. <laughs> but I, I figured I'm doing two services. I'm preaching this evening. I had something yesterday. I just needed to rest. Because you can go on and on and on and on and on and at the point where you are to reap the harvest of your labors, your body pack up. Imagine after all this suffering, now finally have money. They now say, don't eat meat. You guys are joking. Let this meat kill me. <laughs> now they say, don't eat. Say, don't eat meat. Egg, you can't eat. And it, ah, you now have the money. You say, chubby, chubby black plant. Are you put that? Do you think I'm a god? You, know, you realize that you realize that now the money is here. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this because you've destroyed your body. That's not the harvest you want. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So listen, I'm spending my time on this because it's very important. Now that we are young, our body can absorb a lot of things. It doesn't mean we should destroy it. So go study a bit about health. Some of you is like you have long age quarrel with fruits. Don't eat fruit at all. It's like, it's like your, your father swore. Say, the day you eat fruit, you shall surely die. So when you see fruit, say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> like shawarma. Hmm? Anything you see, vegetables, you will run. Then when you want meat, you will eat meat, pour meat inside. Like, you know, for, you know because you, you grew up where there was no food. So they gave you one meat for one portion of your body. Say, leave the meat, so oh, and then you ate and ate and ate and ate. When you are finished, say, hey, you cannot take your meat. So growing up, we have a consciousness that meets. Then when you now finally have money to buy, say, this meat that they didn't allow me to eat, well, I will kill you today. And then so, yeah, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not enjoyment. You're destroying yourself. Okay? You need to, and that's what happened to me. I, I needed to review what enjoyment was. Do you understand? Because the things we call enjoyment was actually things that were destroying our bodies. So you've got to renew your mind. Are you following what I'm saying? You have to renew your mind. Because some of the things you don't like are the things that are healthy for you. So you have to train yourself again. You have to renew your mind for your mind to begin to accept this. Okay. The next one is your career. You have to assume responsibility for your career. Uh, we need to finish this. You have to assume responsibility for your career. 
You've got a career. You are, um, whatever you're doing, it's important. Don't stay stagnant. Professionally. Take professional exams. There are a lot of free online courses now. For instance, you work in an office. There are some project management courses online. For a little fee, take advantage of it. How do you start a project? How do you finish a project? Communication skills, writing skills. Don't wait for your boss to send you on training. Send yourself on training. Build yourself. As a, as a minister, when the Lord began to bless me, I, have, I attend one international conference every year. It's part of my standard. It's just my standard way of um, building myself in my career in that sense. Okay? So, when I started out, I used to go to Ghana. And then I went to South Africa for a couple of years. And then the Lord blessed me. And in the last two years, I've gone to meetings in the U.S. Okay? Just, just to sometimes go there, not going there and saying, I'm Reverend Dr. Maxwell from Nigeria. No, no, no. You won't learn that way. You go like a normal delegate. You sit. You see how things are done. You see how things are processed. You see how everything works. You're going there to learn. You're not going there for preaching opportunities. When I go to those meetings, I don't carry my books, I don't carry my cards. Because when you go there with a hope that door will open, you are not going to learn. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I go there normally, no complimentary card, I don't even have before. I mean, I don't go with my books, I don't go with this appearance that I'm a minister. No, I go as everybody and sit down and learn how things are done. It's your responsibility. You cannot wait. If your company doesn't want to train you, invest at least one of your salary in developing your career. Your monthly salary or something. Build your career. Be the best there. Assume responsibility for it. Now, your conversation. Number six. Your conversation. Colossians 4.6 It says, let your words be seasoned with grace. See, have responsibility over your words. Certain words shouldn't come out of your mouth. Certain words Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Talk to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Certain words assume responsibility. Certain words shouldn't come out of your mouth. Certain languages, you shouldn't use them. Assume responsibility. Assume responsibility. In Proverbs chapter 15 verse 8. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 8. Proverbs chapter 15 and... Verse 8. Say, let your speech... Uh, am I right? 18. Proverbs 15, 18, sorry. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8. Learn to control your words. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger comes in dispute. Your emotions. Control your emotions. Don't be hot-tempered. You know, some of us boast in our hot temper. Say, ah, the quick vessel. Had the quick vessel. Had the quick vessel. Ah, what is that now? And you make it like it's, it's, it's a rank in the spirit. Hmm? Look at that. Hot-tempered man. You boast in your hot temper. And that's why you find that sometimes there's assault where men are beating women. You shouldn't do that. Sometimes it's just... I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an inability to control yourself. You know people say, Oh, it's because of the way they get talk to me. I could not handle it. That same person, send them to where courtists are. The courtists will even insult their father. That anger will not come out. They say, it's okay, sir. It's okay, sir. Everything you have said is correct. Say, your father is a madman. Say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Your father is a madman. Say, yes, sir. And then you are in a relationship. The girl just says something. Then you are quick to slap. No. It's because you have seen someone you can beat. 
It's not anger problem. That one is foolishness and madness. And I'll tell you this. Anybody who slaps you in relationships, hmm, put a pause on it. You are not the one to cure his anger. See, he's, he said he will change. Sometimes that change should not be with you. Because hmm? that's how you now get married to somebody that will be beating you. You know, people who have those kind of anger that are quick to slap. You know, sometimes before people will come and hold them, they have killed people. You must learn to control your emotions. In Genesis 49 verse 6, an interesting story. Can we read this? Come on, are you still here? Are you learning something this evening? Say amen if you are. Alright, Genesis chapter 49 verse 6, quickly. Genesis 49 6. <laughs> he said, let my soul not enter into their counsel. Let not my glory be united with the assembly. Because in their anger they slew men. And in their self-will they lamed oxen. It's in their anger they killed the man. In their anger they killed the man. You know, sometimes when I say certain things, it looks like, oh, pastor is just talking. No, most of the things I say are from scriptures. When you have this kind of anger, before you slash somebody, you will not know. So you have to control it. Hmm? Some of the ways to control your anger, when you are angry, don't respond, don't talk. Because when they are angry, that's when they want to talk, 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 talk. They will talk the things that they are not supposed to say. Don't say that. Learn to control your anger. You want to respond quickly out of anger, hold the phone. Respond the next day when you are calm. Hmm? And allow the fruit of the Spirit to grow in you. Fulfillment of your purpose. You have to assume responsibility in the fulfillment of your purpose. Let me run quickly through this. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 1 to 2. says, I called you by name from your mother's womb. I called you by name from your mother's womb. There is a reason God called you. There is a purpose for which God created you. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. says, I was ordained as a prophet from my mother's womb to the nations. Okay, Jeremiah 1.5 The purpose that God has before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Paul said in Colossians chapter 4, he says, say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry that you've received of the Lord that you fulfill it. There is a purpose for your life. It is self-responsibility to actualize that purpose. If by the grace of God, the call of God is upon my life, but I didn't discipline myself to study, I didn't discipline myself to do certain things, I might not be here this evening speaking to you. It might be someone else. It's the same thing with you. There is an assignment over your life. Number eight. I want to do this quickly so we can take questions. Number eight. Time management. Time management. Assume responsibility over your time. The interesting thing about life is that the poor and the rich has the same time. Nobody has more time than you. They probably just manage their time a lot more better. Praise the name of the Lord. You've got 24 hours. Hmm? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6 is saying, Redeeming the time for the days are evil. The word redeem means to buy back. Say, Redeeming the time for the days are evil. Psalm 90 verse 12, Teach me to number my days that I might apply my heart to wisdom. Teach me to number my days. I, I read Ephesians 6.16 and Psalm 90 verse 12. Okay? Ephesians 5, sorry, 16. Ephesians 5.16 and Psalm 90 verse 12. Mm. Teach us to number our days that we might present to you a heart of wisdom. Learn to manage your time. You can't be everywhere. We're entering a new week. 
plan the week. What are you going to be doing on Monday? What will you do on Tuesday? What will you do on Wednesday? You've got 24 hours. Be deliberate about your time so you can maximize your life. Then, number nine, you have self-responsibility over your personal development. Over your personal development. You cannot be the same person you are today. If you are this same person you are today, tomorrow, you will not have a different result. So you've got to develop yourself. You've got to be better. You've got to be better. In every area of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, talk to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to be better. Have your personal development goal. What's your personal development goal? What's your personal development plan? Your PDP. <laughs> Not the political party. What's your personal development plan? What plans do you have? Do you want to go back to school? Do you want to study a course? Do you want to finish a particular training? Hmm? What's your personal development plan? I mean, most of you here know, one of my goals later on in life is to be able to lecture in a Bible school. I just like to teach. And, uh, and, I, and I've got plans towards that. I'm doing Bible courses right now. Uh, there's this course uh, I want to start taking from January. It's a, Greek, it's a Greek and Hebrew language course. It's about six months. Just, just learning basics of the Greek and the Hebrew language. Why? It fits into my purpose. That's part of my personal development plan. So I have to save towards that course. Hmm? There are things you should do for the sake of your purpose. Okay? I, I mean, sometimes people come to me and they say, oh, this course is nice, it's a business course. I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not my area. Okay? And you know, people say, well, in ministry sometimes you have to learn about business. How I employ somebody. You see, because I can't learn everything I need for ministry. Even in ministry, I need to learn about building. Because we're building churches. Now, we learn how to learn building, learn this one, learn that. By the time you come, you're confused. You don't even know when you're teaching the Bible. At the point, you'll be teaching architecture. You won't even know that you have, you have missed out of it. No. That's why you employ people. That's why people are good in other areas. Do you understand what I'm saying? People are good in other areas so you can focus on your own area. Okay. So, you must have a personal development plan. Then the last one, number 10. So, uh, so in your personal development plan, let's, let's go back a bit. Your personal development plan, you must have, you know the basics, right? You must have a short-term plan, hmm? you must have a medium-term plan, and then you must have what? A long-term plan. So, your personal development must have a short-term plan. For instance, this, the, before the end of this year, we've got like two months. What's your short-term plan? By December 31st, what will you have done towards your personal development? Then you can have a one-year plan, a two-year plan, a three-year plan towards your personal development. What would you do? Then you can have a 10 years plan in the next 10 years. Where would you be? What would you be doing? So you have to have a personal responsibility over your personal development plan. No one person is going to do that for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. You must assume responsibility over your sexuality. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 4. Scripture talks about us learning to possess our bodies. must assume um, self-responsibility over your bodies. That each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. That's what God wants to do. It's at this um, age of our lives, because of the kind of world we're exposed to, single people are exposed to all kinds of things, masturbation, 
pornography, sex charts, and all kinds of stuff. And you've got to assume responsibility for your own sexuality. You can't open yourself up like that and allow the spirit of lust to drive you. You've got to. You've got to assume. Because we live in the world right now where all kinds of stuff are available on our our fingertips and with our phones. So you've got to, the scripture says that each of you should learn how to possess his own, you learn it. You learn it. It's not something that, that, that is there by default. Okay? By default, your body will want to just do whatever it wants, but you have to learn it. So we've looked at 10 areas, spiritual life, mental life, relationship, health, career, conversation, your words, the fulfillment of your purpose, time management, your personal development, and your sexuality. These 10 areas, what I want you to do, you go back home, list them out, and look at them one after the other, and ask yourself, am I assuming responsibility over these areas? And every one of us, as we grow daily, we've got to learn to assume responsibility. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that lives will be supernaturally changed and impacted. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, Jumai, can you stop it now? I don't want to put the question on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got... Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.